chicken. All right, Nathan Dead, how you guys doing out there? That's what I like to hear on a Friday night. All right, so it is my esteemed pleasure to introduce you to Summer from the Dolls of Horror podcast. That's right. So uh, the Dolls of Horror, their podcast is uh, an awesome podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, please do so. Summer, can you tell them where they can find the podcast at? Absolutely. You can stream our podcast on all your streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Mothers. Anchor is one of them. Uh, we're in the process of getting them all uploaded onto our YouTube channel, and we have a website, thedollsofhorror.com, where you can get more fun content. Absolutely. We'll also be able to find this on the uh, Fright Club Discord. Discord.gg backslash it's Fright Club. You can find Fright Club on Twitter at it's Fright Club as well as Instagram. Absolutely. Same thing with Adult Horror, Facebook, Instagram, they're all there. All right. So it is now my absolute pleasure, guys. Please put your hands together for the man behind the mask, Mr. Corey Taylor. What's up, guys? How are you? Yeah. Uh, we like to make sure that we you know, only bring the best. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the best, don't mind that stain. The best captions we can see in the We say we'd see this shit backstage and we go, there's a lot of Navarro on my <laughs> And I told Dave that and he fucking laughed like I've never seen anybody laugh in his life. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. I was like, all right. Yeah, comedians call that a John Fox. <laughs> That's fucked up. Uh, all right. Okay, enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. You right. want to take off? No, I'm going to let you do it. All right. Um, well, I have been a diehard horror movie fan since I was eight years old. Are you a horror fan, and when did that start for you? Oh, shit, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, Better answer. <laughs> I, oh my god, I can't remember the first dance. The, the first real horror memory I have, um, and I've told this a, a million times, I was probably about five, and my mom took me to see Buck Rogers. Anybody remember Buck Rogers, the, the, the satin disco sci-fi movie? Um, yeah, fucking weird, right? Like, it was that, that time like when parents were like, okay, it kind of looks like Star Wars, so we'll give it a shot. And uh, the trailer for the original Halloween was on. And as a kid, I was so transfixed by it that I immediately didn't, didn't give a shit about Gil Gerard, sorry, uh, you know, whatever else, like, I just want to see that fucking movie. And from that second on, it was a, a massive horror film. Love it, love it. Um, I always love hearing people's horror journeys. Amazing. Well, and, and growing up in the 80s, for the most part, I mean, that was the time. Like, that was such an upsurge in, like, not only horror, but like special effects. The gore. best effects. Oh, so rad, yeah. Always, always a kind of practical of the, the The beginning of scanners alone. Like, I remember me and my friends, we studied that like the Zabru film. We just kept fucking, <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, it just looked so rad, you know? I, I use that head exploding scene as a metaphor for, I've, I had brace, adult braces for three years, and every time they tightened that shit, I felt like my head was going to explode for about two days, and I said, Scanners, either that or Freddy's dead. Freddy's <laughs> dead. <laughs> of all the fucking movies, really? <laughs> Kids. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. 
genre. Um, of the new horror films, a lot of them are using CGI. Do you, yeah. do you prefer the CGI or the practical effect, or do you care? I mean, for me, I mean, see, obviously CGI has its place, but when you're completely replacing the the reason that you love these movies in the first place, you're completely taking the, I don't want to say romance, but it takes you out of what you're watching, you know? If you marry the CGI to the practical effects and make sure that it, it kind of helps gloss it over, that's when it, it makes the most sense. But for me, like, like replacing everything that is such a creative, artistic part of why these movies are amazing with something that can be easily done on somebody's computer screen. It's just, I mean, it's this, I kind of have the same feeling about making music, you know? When too much is in the computer, you suck the life, you suck the heart out of it. So you need people in there, like, creating it, building it out of, you know, plastic and weirdness and, you know, spraying it down so it looks gooey. You want that shit, man, you know? And also CGI does not age well. No, no, it does At does all. Not. Whereas the Tom Savini effect will hold up. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Real blood looks like blood. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that works better than speak any of it. Yeah, so what happened is... Yeah. Right. The best part of the story. And then you should have. Yeah. I mean, I would love Tony, but we're like... Here. That's great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite new horror film? Oh, new one? Well, kind of sure. in the last like ten years or so. Um, that's a great fucking question. I mean, Hereditary fucked me up. Yeah. I know that a lot of people would like walk the fence on that one, but I wasn't prepared for just how disturbing that movie was. So me and the wife were laying in bed, we're like, let's put on Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> We were, <laughs> it was so gnarly, and we, like, and I just remember by the, by the time, and I hope I'm not spoiling it for anybody, but. It's old enough, they haven't seen it now, that was not By the part. time, by the time we got to this part, <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was like, is she, what? <laughs> and Elisa was just sitting there just going. <laughs> she got those huge eyes, man. It was just like we were just like. Well, at the time we got done with it, I was just like, I just looked at her and I went, "What do we do now?" Like, <laughs> that's a night killer, dude. Like you can't really get in the mood. It's like it's so good. <laughs> Nothing. You can't go anywhere with this. We just went and had bad Italian and went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and There's a buffet there, man. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of uh, the old school Trick or Treat, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> one person, thank you. I did it. So they called me uh, Sammy Kerr, they called me Kerr. And I was like, thanks. He gets beat the hell out of him in the movie. It's like, are you, are you telegraphing what you're gonna do to me? Um, that's amazing, I mean, that's like picking your favorite song, to be honest. I mean, there's so hard to do. Obviously, original Halloween uh, will always be the king for me. But then you have stuff, like the 90s was great for 
horror as well. Man, Progressive Dawn is one of my favorite all-time films, bar none. I mean, but then you had so many different like subgenres, like comedic horror and you know uh, sci-fi horror. Aliens is the shit, and I'll fight anybody who tells me that it's not a horror. I was like, are you out of your My husband argues with me all the time and says, Alien and Aliens is a sci-fi movie. And I said, yes, but it's in yeah, the horror section of yeah, the video store. Exactly. Let's be honest. Your husband is wrong. That may be. Thank you. I'm recording this. You'll see it when I get home. Oh, shit. All right. He's not a big man, is he? Weird, you know, but 
there's there's so many great movies inside of horror that I don't try to cut it up too much with genre because to me it just it all fits together. Do that again. That was <laughs> No, that was uh, it's gonna be over that, that was a comment just for us. They didn't know that one. No, they they need to know. They're sitting. Obviously, didn't work with Corn was rad. Um, I've been friends with those guys for years. Um, the hometown pride of the Bakersfield, California. Oh, so there you go. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, man, the song I did with Tech was really. I did two songs with Tech. Ooh, now, just yeah. yeah, and I mean, right. what I mean about Tech is that you know he's from uh, KC, which is three hours from Des Moines. So he would come and see us play early, like in like before '99. So he's been a fan since like the jump. So to see him build what he's done really by himself, man. I mean, the, that dude's hustle is beyond anything I've ever seen. And he has created a, a, a career that most people would fucking envy. And the fact that he hit me up as a fan to do it, I mean, there's no greater sign of respect, you know? So yeah, man, I mean, I mean it's, it's kind of a, Toss up, man. I mean, whether it's something with Zach Wild or yeah. something with, you know, the song I did with Apocalyptic was really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just lucky that people are still calling me. You know, I just did a song with a band called Horror. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know that band, but their their new album is coming out and it's fucking heavy. I did a song called Bite My Face, and it's so rad. Like, you wait to hear it. It's really cool. And we shot the video. So um, let's step away from collaborations and let's talk about tours. Do you have a favorite band or artist that you like to tour with? Uh, anybody who answers our phone, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, it's one of those things where I've toured with almost every one of my heroes. You know, like we've toured with Metallica. Um, we've done, you know, a, a million tours with Sabbath. Ozzy, um, Slayer, you know, I've gotten a tour with almost every band that I grew up listening to, and now we're, you know, doing tours with bands that we have inspired or are peers, you know? I mean, this new, this next tour coming up with In This Moment and Ginger is gonna be rad, and then two months after that, we're doing a tour with Cypress Hill and Horror. So it's like, we're just, at this point, there's really nobody that we can't tour with. Are you and coming to Atlanta? I really hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we kind of, I should be getting mail here at this fucking point. I mean, we always have to And this is one of the best places to play, you know? And everybody says, like, well, there's no hard rock or heavy metal presence. And I'm like, have you seen some of these shows? Fuck, people come out from all over the place. Man. They kiss my ass. Yeah, so there's that. All right, flip side of that point. Is there anybody that you would prefer to never tour with? <laughs> I'm not fucking answering this question. No, no, no. 
That's the thing. I'm not giving them any free press. They can fuck off. Ask me all your questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
just gave back to his assistant, and we proceeded to punish him for about an hour, just about black flag questions and shit, to this day, in the back of my head, I was kind of, you fucking moron, and it was just, and I don't think he's ever let me live it down, because I saw him about eight years ago at a charity show for uh, this, this uh, charity called uh, Drop in the Bucket. It's to, it raises money to dig wells in Africa so uh, the different uh, villages can have a water source. And he was the MC. He wasn't singing, he was the MC. And as soon as he saw me, he goes, now you're not gonna ask me any stupid questions, are you? I'm like, that was 10 years ago! So yeah, so I've, I've definitely had some moments where I've, you know, the, the foot can't get out of my mouth, but you know, I still got to eat dinner with Henry Rollins, so yeah. fuck it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, he, yeah, he was super cool. I mean, yeah. he took us, we went back to his house, and he showed us, he collected all of these flyers from the early 80s on, of like all of the hardcore bands that he had toured with, and I mean, it was like seeing shit in the Smithsonian. We were just like, oh, like freaking out. And we, and he was just like, oh yeah, here's this, this, uh, this little thing from, and we were like, is that SST? Is that SST? I mean, just punishing him like dicks, you know? And, but he was still, he opened his house and was so gracious and was like really, really cool. Amazing. Yeah. You know, you talked about your charity work a couple of times already. Are there any charities that you are particularly passionate um, I mean, there's quite a few, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work with, obviously, uh, awareness about su uh, teen suicide, and um, uh, I've done a lot of work with raising money for uh, the homeless, and I mean, it's, my interest kind of runs the gamut, you know, um, as far as, like, where I, I try to, you know, lend myself, but, and, there's so many to count, you know, like cruelty to animals. I, I do a lot of work, like, like writing that. Um, and it's, you know, actually my uh, my cover of Holier Than Now that was on the blacklist uh, that Metallica put out, uh, part of the proceeds went to raise money for a small uh, animal rescue in LA called uh, Toby's uh, Small Dog Rescue. And we were able to, to raise quite a bit of money for that to, because so many people were getting uh, pets during the pandemic, and then all of a sudden life came back, and they couldn't take care of them, so they were turning them back in. So it was important to try and make sure that you know the, these weren't going to kill shelters, and that they, they could actually be housed and, and taken care of until another family could come and do that. So we were able to raise some pretty good money for that. Got a question from the Fright Club Discord. Uh, they say that Slipknot has always been on the cutting edge of music um, and at the forefront of what they're doing. Uh, are you much of a tech guy? How are you? I mean, do you, you know, get into computers, video games? No, I don't, but Clown does. I mean, Clown was, has always been so savvy, um, not only on the artistic uh, bent, but also on the, on the technical bent. Like, he's, he's the one, he told me about things like NFTs, like, years ago, before anybody was, like, before this was even, like, a thing. Like, he knew, like, he just knew that something, he's always had the vision and the forethought. Um, I, half the time, can't erase things on my phone. 
Like I'm not that I'm not that guy. You know, there's I mean I don't know how to run Pro Tools. I don't know how to run uh, drum, you know, Easy Drummer. If I want to record something, I have to hire someone to hit record, and then I play everything. So I'm just not that guy. I, I can't. I can, you know, I, I take that back. I can change the oil in my car. I'm very proud of that. All right, but not well. But it's, it's every it's, anyway. So yeah, um, Clown's the he's the visionary man. Like I mean, there's there's a reason that he sees so much and is able to incorporate it with Slipknot so far ahead of everything. I know. He just he just I don't know. He's a very very creative dude. And I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. Some tracking, yeah, um, but it was really just the uh, uh, the, the the bear tracks, you know, the um, the basic tracking, um, which is what we did to kind of capture the energy, uh, especially for the drums and for the percussion and whatnot. Um, unfortunately, my old mask didn't lend itself for vocals, so I I, I tried to do it with the mask on, but it was kind of getting in my mouth. And it, I mean, it was a weird vocal week anyway. The whole thing smelled like death. I was, there was a dead mouse in the vocal booth in the wall, and we couldn't find it. Um, Casey, Casey Chaos from Amen would cut himself while he was doing vocals, and we were doing the albums at the same time. So it, it reeked of dried blood. And then I, like an ass, would sing so hard that I would throw up all over the place. So now it smells like a dead person blood and vomit and now i've also got the mask on and i'm just like Whoa. i mean it was just like and finally ross was like it you just gotta have to take it off man like i know you want to keep it and i was just like oh and I took it off and i was like well now i can smell it more like this this is not what i was hoping for yeah so um we gave it a shot we did basic tracking in them um, but then we realized we were slamming so hard, not only were the masks coming off at the time, but our headphones were. So now, like, we were just, like, we into it, and then all of a sudden, and it's complete silence, and all you can hear is, <laughs> just like, where did the music go? Like, you couldn't even hear, like, what was going on, like, it was crazy. You're welcome. More, more. All right, straight to the very, very back. Yep, that's, yep, yep. Oh, 
No worries. I appreciate it. Thank you. Can we get to the end on your friends? You. Yeah, you and the mask. <laughs> you laugh. You. Oh, you. Yeah, you. Right there. Corey Taylor made it. Please. Look, when she says in the black, nobody says anything. <laughs> the joke is already real with you. <laughs> I like you it. I really appreciate all your music. I love Stone Sour. I love everything you've done with Slipknot, obviously. Um, is there any certain music video you've done with Slipknot that really stands out to you, like through the production or anything that you went through during the making of it? That stands out like like like, like as a fa- like as a favorite, like a certain music video that you shot with the band that like mm-hmm. just really stands out above the That's rest. Good, I mean, I tell you what, man. Anytime I make a video, I invariably, whether it's with Stone Sour or like anybody else. I always compare it to the duality shoot. Like, the duality shoot. You guys could have been a fly on that wall. I mean, first of all, we we rented that house from some people who were actually doing renovation on it to begin with. So we actually said, like, listen, if you let us come in and shoot this video here, we will put this much money towards the renovation, and they were like, they threw the door open. Now, this is a house that was in the middle of like suburban West Des Moines, okay? It's very unassuming. It wasn't a cul-de-sac, but it might as well have been, you know? Like, I mean, there were people out with their coffee mugs while we were pulling up, and like, they're just like, what the hell's going on It was, and then all of a sudden, here come 500 maggots out of nowhere and they're just like what the fuck <laughs> and then we showed up in our masks and they were like oh jesus <laughs> we fucked that house up and i mean i was in the basement at one point they were shooting pickup stuff and blasting duality nobody's heard it yet so they're all stoked like think about that think about how long ago that was that nobody had heard duality yet and they were just like losing their minds. I'm in the basement doing an interview and I'm watching the ceiling go. <laughs> and I'm like, is this safe? This is, I mean, dust and shit. It was straight out of a fucking movie, dude. It was crazy. And I can just remember we left that shoot. I mean, we were there for eight hours, right? Shot all the coverage, shot all this crazy shit. Some dude ran through an actual plate glass window, not just the fake plate glass window that he was supposed to. If somebody ran through a real glass window, we were like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> Cut the shit out of them. Like, I mean, it was like, what bad bad? We had to get some stitches. And he was like, I don't fucking change. I'm so stoked. And I was like, what are we doing? It's crazy. And we left that house. I mean, shit is shooting up from the toilet and the bathroom running down and the whole family is standing in the yard just staring at what used to be their house and they were just like and they sued the label for more money <laughs> we gave it to them i mean technically that's our fucking house now like we should be able to just walk in and just keep getting it if we wanted to i can just remember coming away from that video going that was so, because I mean, we were, I mean, we're right there, you know? Like, I'm, like, 
I, I can remember tasting somebody's sweat and just being like, who the hell is that? <laughs> it was so intense and yet so much fun. And we were all so thrilled to be alive that nothing will ever fucking top that. Like, I mean, ever. It was just so killer, you know? And it felt so good to be there and to see the reaction to the new music, you know? Because that's always, that's always funny for me to watch people react to new music and then just start going, Oh, this is fucking good. Like, that's, that's rap. It's really cool. It's really cool, right? So you put your fans in your business. That's all right. I was looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I could touch on this question for just a second. Okay. Vermilion Part 2. Yeah. If I could pick your brain about where that song came from, where it, how it developed, because it's such a very powerful song. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, Everybody knows Vermilion, but Vermilion Part Two is like so. Vermilion itself is about, and I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but it's a sec, it's essentially about a, a serial killer's lust, and that song Vermilion is, is about the buildup, um, the, the the stalking, the darkness, and then Vermilion Part Two is the tragedy and the sadness because that sick fantasy will never be fulfilled, no matter what you try to do. So it's always better in your head than it is in reality. So that that song really came from uh, a melancholy spot, uh, especially in that time in my life, realizing that um, no matter how hard I tried, life was never going to be exactly what I wanted it to be. But the good side of that is realizing that since I didn't have to put that much pressure on life, now I can just enjoy life, which I think a lot of people miss sometimes. Always striving for exactly. better. And just because you strive for, for perfection, it doesn't mean that you will ever get it. And that's okay because you're at least going for something that matters to you. But the downside of that is that you can drive yourself nuts because it's not perfect. But that's the thing. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. So embracing the fact that maybe sometimes you come close, you will lift that stress and that pressure off of yourself. And that, to me, was the, the, the genesis for this, the part of that song. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's always been just such an amazingly deep and powerful piece of music that you know, it's always just every time I hear it, my mind instantly wonders, you know, where is, where is the deep, dark well of this game? Yeah, it's a pretty dark spot, let's put it that way. I guess I'm going to call on the guy right here at the end of the front row there. Am I going to invest in NFTs? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if somebody explains them to me. Uh, so check this out. So I can absolutely take care of that for all of you guys. Oh, okay. Okay. Was this a setup? No, actually, I don't know the little but that's a great question. So, when we were talking about Fright Club earlier in their Discord, discord.gg backslash it's Fright Club, if you guys go there, they will explain everything you need to know about NFTs and help you find a safe space to find. That's okay. Are you done with your public service announcement? Um, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not picking. I'm gonna let Summer fix it up. Okay. I'm gonna get accused of another setup. If I 
in the red because he has great hair. Thank you. I appreciate that. Corey, like you said earlier, you're my hero. I love everything you do, and I look forward to everything that you're going to do. Um, a lot of maggots know you for your jump fuck up. Yes. Don, what was the origin of that? How did that come to, come to fruition? That was me and Joe and, and Clown talking about how we can differentiate ourselves from everybody. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, back when you were, you know, when we were playing shows, Everybody did the circle pit, and you saw television, open up, you know, everybody did the fucking wall of death and shit, and we were like, what can we do to be different? Like, what can we do to, you know, you know, leave a lasting impression where people go, fuck, I've never did that before, you know? And I don't know, I, I don't think we were the first to do it, but I think we were the first to do it on that scale, and it's, I mean, it was tough, like, the first couple tours we did that like people were just like no fuck you i'm just gonna stand right here <laughs> a lot of that but the great thing was enough people got down around them that they're you know all of a sudden the tough guys are like oh, what the fuck's happening here and then all of a sudden they jump up and that shit would get housed like crazy so they were like okay next time we'll do it so there were enough people that they started to see just how much fun it was and that the fact that we were all doing it, you know? Um, but it took a minute. It took going around the, the world at least twice to really get people to see that it was about bringing people together and not about, you know, control or anything. It was just us kind of doing something to, to do something different, you know? Um, but we were just, you know, at, I think at one point, I had pitched a stupid idea uh, to do a, a square pit. <laughs> yeah. And I did it at one show, and it didn't go well. Like, I was like, and I spent way too much time trying to, to get people to do it. I was like, I want to see a fucking square pit. Find the corners. Find your corners. Four dudes in the pit that were like. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. I'm done. This was volume three. So we're second stage on Ozfest, right? And. The band is like staring at me, like, what, what are you doing? And I was like, so this is going to be great. And then, it, so it's, I was like, okay, go. And then it went like this, and then it slowly became a rhombus, and then it became an oval, and then it just became a circle pit. And I was just like, well, you know, you try, okay? Your geometrics shit all over it, but I got to see one square pit, and that was it. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll never do it again. But it was, I just remember those four dudes who were like, <laughs> so, so invested. Um, so yeah, it was just us trying to find something that felt like it had never been done before, something that felt like we were trying to change the, the ritual of it. Because that's what the concerts are for us, is the ritual, you know? It's us coming to celebrate the throw that gnarly energy up into the air and hopefully it never comes back down, you know? So, of all of the Slipknot masks that you've worn, do you have any that's your particular favorite or any that you're attached to? I mean, my new one's pretty rad. Yeah! The new one was, I really sat down and, and, and tried to figure out, and I worked with a, uh, a guy uh, named uh, Carter Deless. Uh, he was a younger kid, he was actually a fan, 
and I, I can remember laying out like traits that I wanted to see in and like a lot of the stuff that like uh, inspired it. And he, uh, when he sent me the, the preliminary sculpt, like he didn't even sketch it out, he sent me like a tiny sculpt. And it was so killer that I was like, yes, that's it. I mean, he nailed it so quickly that I've never, never had that. I've always had to go back and forth and do like a bunch of like, like just tiny like manipulations and, and changes and stuff. But he was so, dialed in and he immediately got it that we were just like, all right, let's do this. And he flew, or he drove in, sculpted, uh, you know, did a mold on my head, and the rest is history. On the flip side of that, are there any that you absolutely hated that you couldn't wait to get it off? No comment. <laughs> of course. You, you've been waiting. You sure? Uh, the new one, um, which is almost mine, 
podcast co-host Jamie, who couldn't be here with us uh, this evening, but she is a print journalist by trade. And, you know, that's kind of a dying art to write for a newspaper, right? True. An actual newspaper. Yeah, very, very true. Um, so, so, yeah, so, anyway, she, Jamie, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, is she here? Oh, you miss her. She's fucking here. She'll get the video. Oh, okay. Alright, guys, we got time for a couple more questions. Are you holding up a skull back there? <laughs> oh, it's a mask. Okay. I can't see because that light's fucking You're back there. But yeah, you got a question? Done some, uh, we've done some festivals with them, and uh, I've met a, a couple of them. They're really nice guys. Um, if they're, you know, if they're free in the future, man, we'd love to have them out with us. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my, uh, one of my son's favorite bands. Like he loves those guys. So, yeah. yeah you guys just announced a big festival, uh, California one like Sacramento or something. After show, yeah, it's not ours, but um, yeah, there's a bunch of people on that. Uh, we're on it. Zombies on it. Um, my son's actually on it. My wife's uh, uh, dance troupe is on it. Uh, Cherry bombs, yeah, it's gonna be right. Cool. Um, we got one right here. This guy's the black hat right there. Yeah, has been very patient. So once again, thank you for existing for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, who's your favorite member of Slipknot to hang out with? Clown. Well, yeah! Dude, you have no idea. Clown's mind is so weird that his he butchers the English language like no one I've ever seen. And I have been slowly but surely keeping a record of all of the words that he fucks up for 20 plus years. And I'm gonna make a coffee table for right now. That's gonna be a book Oh, it's fucking genius. I'll tell you, okay, I'm gonna tell you one little, little story. Um, it was the first time Slipknot was in Dallas. This was 1999. We had a day off before OzFest 99 in Dallas. So we, being the morbid weirdos that we are, we go down to where JFK was shot. We parked the fucking bus and we just wandered around Neely like nobody's business. And we, uh, I'm, I'm, I knew the most about it, so I was kind of looking. I looked at the, the book depository, and they have a plaque on the side of the wall. Um, and I don't even know if it's still there, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm standing there, and I see Clown kind of coming out of my peripheral, right? He's walking up. And I'm reading, the, the, there's a giant, giant bronze plaque. It's right on the wall. And he looks at me, he looks at the plaque, and it said, now listen, it says depository, right there. I mean, you could fucking look up and spell it. And it says it like four or five times on it, right? He's gonna kill me that I'm telling you guys. And he looks at me, he looks at it, looks at me, looks at it, and he goes, so this is the book suppository? <laughs> and I, I What was that again? And he goes, and, and he knows, half the time he knows when he fucks it up, because he immediately starts smiling, and he just goes, what? <laughs> so you, you, it's the depository. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, same thing. I was like, it is not 